if you know that you are free, come on and give God some praise up in here. Hallelujah. Yeah, 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 yeah. What a blessing. What a blessing. What a blessing. Praise God for that time of worship. All right. I want you to make your way to John chapter four. Uh Oh, I got somebody in the background. Look at that. Look at that young lady there. That's some beautiful little girl right there. John chapter four, John chapter four. Uh, let's begin at verse 19, John chapter four, jump on down to verse 19. And y'all, we got a lot to read. I'm going to try my best. Uh, oh no, I'm going to read what I want to read. Hey man, I'm going to give you time to find it. Uh, the storm hadn't come yet. We got a few minutes before it hits and we'll, we'll be out. You can turn your power off. Amen. Come on somebody. John chapter four, beginning at verse 19. Here is the word of Lord. I'm going to jump around. I'm going to read through and then I'm going to jump around to a few verses. Let's see here. Yeah. Uh-huh. We're going to get into this. All right. You should have it by now. Here it is. This is a pickup from Sunday. Hopefully you're with us on Sunday. If not, you'll catch up. It's all good. All right. Sir, the woman replied, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worship on this mountain, but you Jews say that the place to worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus told her, believe me, woman, an hour is coming when you will worship the father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know because salvation is from the Jews. But an hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and in truth. Yes, the Father wants such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said to him, I know, the, I know that the Messiah is coming who is called Christ. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Jesus told her, I the one speaking to you am he. Wow. That's good. Y'all. That's good. I got to read a few more. Let's jump down to verse mm, 28, 28. Just keep this flow going. Then the woman left her water jar, went into town and told the people, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They left town and made their way to him. Verse 39. My Lord, my Lord, my Lord. Now many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of what the woman said when she testified. He told me everything I ever did. So, when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. Many more believed because of what he said. And they told the woman, we no longer believe because of what you said, since we have heard for ourselves and know that this really is the Savior of the world. Oh, man, what a good what a good word, y'all. What a good word. Come on, give God some praise right there. This text is almost teaching itself. Ah, we're going we're gonna to follow up from yesterday, from yesterday, from Sunday, from the topic 
I live to worship you, part two. I live to worship you, part two. Here's the big idea again from, uh, from Sunday. I almost said yesterday again. Jesus brings life, and that life is best lived by worshiping Jesus. Jesus brings life, and that life is best lived by worshiping Jesus. Are you with me thus far? Praise God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity to examine your word again. We pause to praise you, to glorify you, to to, uh, eliminate any distraction that would keep us from hearing this word that you have prepared. Speak to our hearts, Father. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Right where you are. Let me hear where you're coming from. Come on, y'all with me? Give me some amens down there. Let me know that you're with me. Wonderful. Praise God. So uh, we talked about on Sunday specifically that the Lord Jesus has a way of engaging people. Uh, in, 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 in all of the gospels or, or the, the accounts of his earthly ministry, the Lord Jesus is always engaging people, men, women, uh, 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 those who are healthy, those who are sick, those who are religious, those who are not religious. And in every encounter, the Lord Jesus meets them where they are with, uh, with a spirit of engagement and he compels them to respond to him. And he lets them know, I have something that you are looking for. There is something that I have to give that will teach you how to live. You can follow me. You can watch me. But I want to give you something that can transform your very spiritual destiny. And that's just how Jesus rolls. So in every encounter from John chapter three with Nicodemus to John chapter four with this unnamed Samaritan woman, the Lord is engaging individuals. And he is challenging them, here it is, to live. That's why this resurrection season, we have been emphasizing the principle of live and what it means to live. Nothing more, nothing less, nothing else, Jesus Christ. And so that's my, that's been my clarion call for every single one of you that you would begin believers to reprioritize your life. Listen, everything got turned upside down in 2020. And I understand that we, we, we've we drifted away uh, from the church and perhaps even from the Lord and other believers. Y'all, we have got to recalibrate this thing so that we are clear on what the Lord has called us to, how he has called us to live, not just, not just to exist, but to experience life above the norm. I live to worship you. And so on last, on this past Sunday, uh, we focused specifically on these principles from the Lord Jesus. Jesus meets us where we are. He met this woman. He met Nicodemus where they were. He meets us where we are. There is no performing that we have to do. The Lord is going to come to you right where you are. This is for those who have never who have never received the gift of salvation. He meets you he meets you right where you are. But then secondly, he knows who we are and what we've done. Beloved, there are no secrets with the savior. There there is no there is no covering up what you've done or, 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 or who you've been. In fact, that is the freedom that we find in Christ Jesus. He receives us just as we are. No jumping through hoops. No, no sacrificial lamb. We just get to come to him. But then thirdly, he loves us where we are. 
We can experience love that we've never experienced before. Sacrificial, God-initiated love. And I know from personal experience in my own life and, and engaging with young people, most of my ministry, that this is a key piece. And that's love. People want to be loved. Y'all know I got to bring some contemporary in this thing about people wanting to be loved. It was Josh McDowell who said two of the greatest fears that young people face is the fear that they will never be loved. And secondly, the fear that they will never be able to love. Oh, somebody type that in the comment section. Fear that they will never be loved. And the fear that they will never be able to love. So the Lord Jesus comes giving us perfect sacrificial love, love that didn't cost us anything, love that doesn't want anything, love that just pours out grace and mercy upon our lives. So let me let me give you my contemporary. I've been watching this uh, Aretha Franklin uh, documentary. Mm-hmm. Mm, mm. And it's wearing me out, y'all. It's wearing me out. But it's one thing that I have observed in this documentary, not saying this is all factual, but what I've seen and what you have seen, perhaps you can identify, is that Miss Aretha was looking for love. She needed that love. According to what we've observed in the movies, real love of a father and how that, that void can send us in a tailspin. Mm. If you can identify with that, type it in the comment section. Come on. Say, I say, I feel you, Retha. I feel you, Re. Come on. And, and it's amazing how that love and that need for affirmation, it can be such a driving force for many of us. And if we don't address it as a young person, we'll carry that well into our adult lives. You have, you have senior folk who still need that attention because they have not felt the love and affirmation. That the, Lord, that the Lord himself has provided. So three things we learned so far. Jesus meets us where we are. Number two, Jesus knows who we are and what we've done. Number three, Jesus loves us where we are. Wow. Oh, that's just so good. I got to give God a little praise right there. A little Throw something here. back mm. and say glory. Yes, yes. Right where you are. And I, I know that there's someone here, audio stream, YouTube, I know there's someone here. And you have really been, man, wrestling with this love thing, this affirmation. And we attempt to, to camouflage you with clothes and cars and cash and all of that stuff. And it falls miserably short because you can't fill that void with stuff. Only the, only the love that comes from the Father through the Savior can give you what you really need. Fourth, we, we discovered on on Sunday, I keep trying to say yesterday, I don't know why, I don't know why, but on Sunday we discussed Jesus loves us too much to leave us as he found us. Now, I told you on Sunday, this speaks to the sin in our life, both our sin nature and our sin actions. When you are transformed by the Lord and that 2 Corinthians 5, 17 takes place where the old has passed away, the new has come. You are now infused supernaturally with power to overcome whatever sin struggles you have. Now, you don't, get, you don't get to redefine what sin is. And I ain't got to name one of them. None of them you don't get to redefine. But what you have at that very moment is power to overcome. And I get it. It, it takes time. 
And so we, we often overlook the ultimate purpose for that. It's not for you to conform to any uh, standard set by culture. The, the objective is holiness, however that manifests in your life. And for some, that means you simply need to stop doing, amen, by the power of the Holy Spirit. But again, the objective is holiness. And, and the Lord Jesus, why would he come, die on the cross, raised from the dead by the Father, give you a path to abundant life and to heaven, just so you can stay the same. That makes no sense, biblically or logically. And the Bible is logical. It makes no sense. So I'm trying to dispel these myths that are pervasive in the church, that we can just live any kind of way and expect that to be an indication of a life that's been transformed. Those are lies. And the enemy has definitely crept into the church with them lies. I saw it on Aretha. Amen, somebody. Mm -hmm. mm. Preachers and, and all of it. It's just, it's just the enemy has lied to us. And so we have to know that the Lord Jesus loves us too much to leave us as he found us. So now, verse 19, Jesus continues this conversation, if you will, with this woman. And they begin to have this conversation about, about worship. Um, religious versus real worship. And the Lord begins to, to explain to her what, what real, authentic, biblical worship is all about. It means literally to honor the Father based upon the love that he has demonstrated through the giving of his son, Jesus Christ. That's worship. Let me say it again, to honor the father based upon his love that he demonstrated through the giving of his son, Jesus Christ. And in giving his son in John 3, 16, that, that, that his death would pave the way to our life. Help me somebody up in here. Here's an observation from Jesus's conversation, discussion with this woman about worship. Here's the first one. Worship is our response to God's love, to God's goodness, to God's nature. Oh, please get that down, beloved. Worship is our response to God's love, to God's goodness, to God's nature. It's a response. When you wake up every day, Scripture says you are met, greeted with mercies. Your response to that greeting is to worship the Lord. To, to declare his worth, to submit and surrender yourself that this day belongs to him since he allowed you to see it. So Jesus, he, he communicates with her. Listen, uh, uh, religious versus real worship. Let's not get caught up in that. He says, the bottom line is your worship is a response to what the father has done in the giving of the son. Hmm. Somebody type response. It's a response. So then as he's communicating with her, she, she's kind of caught up with the place of worship. You, you, we read that a few, few moments ago. She's like, you know, y'all say it's in Jerusalem. We, we you know, we, we have our own place, but Jesus, listen, an hour is coming. Oh God. He's he's that hour is 
is his hour that we're that we're approaching uh, in a week or so on Resurrection Sunday. That that whole weekend, that hour, that that Friday when the Lord Jesus was crucified. That's the hour he's talking. He's he's letting her know. Listen, things are getting ready to shift. Things are getting ready to 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 change. An hour is coming where it's not about the place of worship, but it's about the person you worship. It's not about the place of worship, but it's about the person that you worship. So worship is not limited to a place or a race. Worship is not where, worship is whom. So he's teaching this curious woman about worship. She's asking probative questions. The first principle we said is worship is our response to God's love, goodness, and nature. Secondly, we discover that worship is truly spiritual. Get that down. Worship isn't mechanic. It, it, it isn't robotic. It is spiritual. It is truly spiritual. That is almost a, a literal uh, 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 English interpretation of that verse. It's truly spiritual. So, beloved, that means we gotta, we gotta, we gotta surrender and submit some flesh when it's time to worship. And I'll be the first to to admit that oftentimes my flesh gets in the way of my worship. When I'm when I'm at home, when I'm in corporate a corporate context, my my flesh gets in the way. Because if for any moment I withhold, for whatever reason, the worship that is due the Lord. I'm missing out on a great opportunity. It's spiritual, y'all. It is an opportunity for the spirit in you to connect with the Lord, his Holy Spirit. So worship involves our relationship with the Father through the Son, sealed by the Holy Spirit. It is spiritual. So worship at its root is about surrender. And, and if you were to dissect some of the, the wording, it's, it's almost, it almost denotes kissing. It's a wonderful experience. And I'll tell you, there's a lot of church folk. We've yet to really worship. And we got we to gotta let our guard down, let our titles down, let down psh, who's watching, who cares? That's why you got to practice worship at the crib. I need a witness up in here. I need a witness right here. So we've said, we said three things. Worship is our response to God's love, God's goodness, and God's nature. We said worship is truly spiritual. He says, God is spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Then we discover that worship has God as its focus. That's verse 24. God is spirit again. Worship has God as it's focused, nothing else can take the place. Man, I hope y'all are with me this evening. Worship has God as its focus. So listen, Jesus is, 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 is imparting to this sister. He is, he is schooling her on the power of worship. I live to worship you. And I want to challenge you now as we get as we get closer to resurrection season. Let's spend some quality time responding to God's love in worship. 
Yeah, you can put on some good music or you can be silent. It doesn't matter. Worship is, is a spiritual experience where you submit and surrender to the Lord. So here, here is a summation. Let me give you these. It's for the believers that are listening. We trust Christ, watch this, to save our soul. We must trust Christ then to satisfy our soul. Oh, please write that down in the comment section. We trust Christ to save our soul. So then we must trust Christ to satisfy our soul. That's kind of what we talked about on Sunday as well from St. Augustine, that African theologian. He says, I'm not going to have any rest until I find rest in you, Lord. That's worship. So, intertwined in this ongoing conversation about worship, there is something that is being cultivated in the heart of this woman. In verse 25, the woman said, Now, I know the Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Jesus told her, I, the one speaking to you, am he. Yeah, I got to sip my coffee on that one. Uh-huh. Mm. Jesus, I, I listen, I'm, I am he. I know who you're waiting on, but I want you to pull your scriptures out, and I want you to just follow the progression that this woman has in in discovering who it is she's dealing with. Verse 9, she called him a Jew. Right there in your text, John chapter 4. Verse 19, she called him a prophet. Verse 25, she inquires if he is the Messiah. Verse 42, she declares that he is the Savior. Y'all, this is the beauty of how the Lord Jesus engages people and is patient with people in their understanding. I'm talking to you believers. See, the reason many of us have not led anyone to the Lord is because we lack the patience necessary to walk them through this progression of leading them to the Lord. Jesus gives us a perfect picture of what evangelism looks like. Don't you think it's time you led someone to the Lord? If you don't know what to say, what to do, just read John chapter four and watch how the Lord continually, lovingly ushers this woman to an understanding what the Father has provided for her through the Son, Jesus Christ. She was waiting on the Messiah, had no clue that she was in fact talking to him at Jacob's well. All right, let, let, me, let, me, let me cut across the field here. Verse 28, the woman leaves her jar there. I mean, she goes to town. She's like, hey, I, listen, I just met this dude. I can't explain it. He knew everything about me. And she begins to engage them and they leave town and come back to Jacob's well. And 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 then the, 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 they begin to engage Jesus, these Samaritans. And don't forget Acts chapter one and eight. Lord Jesus, let us know it was coming. And, and, and so he's he's telling them everything, everything that he ever did and and they came and asked him to hang out with them. And it, it was just a wonderful experience. Jesus was crossing over culturally, the Jew and the Samaritans. Isn't that amazing? What do we pray about at the beginning of a service? Y'all, there is, there, there is so much more that we can do as a body of Christ. 
and understanding each other's cultures. And so the Lord Jesus, he, he wasn't put off in the beginning when the woman sarcastically said, hey, who are you to be asking me for some water? Y'all got something to deal with us? And Jesus like, if you only knew who this was that was asking you. Y'all, we got to be willing to, to have these hard conversations to engage cross-culturally. And we got to be willing. Oh, man. We got to be willing to listen. We got to be willing to listen. I'm going to give you three things, I promise, and I'm done. This, this, this entire narrative, John chapter four, and there's so much more that's in it. Of course, I know that you know that. But there were three questions that just leapt out at me from the text. Here's the first one I want to give to you. Number one, are you a believer? Yep. That's the first question that leapt out. Are you a believer? I'm asking you directly, looking into your cell phone, your iPad, or on your television screen, are you a believer? As this woman at the well came, have you made a clear understanding and profession as to who Jesus is and how he came to transform your life and you've received his gift of salvation? Are you a believer? She was. Secondly, are you a worshiper? Are you a worshiper? Do you set aside time to worship the Lord? And there's so many things that are inclusive in, in the whole worship experience. Yeah, there is singing, absolutely. Yes, there is prayer. Yes, there is a reading of God's word. Yes, all of that. And it's also the intentional submission to his will. That allows us to be worshiping in a continual way. You are sensitive to his spirit and submitted to it. And see, when you build that worship up during the week, on your job, in your classes, by the time you make your way to corporate worship, virtually or not, you all in. Haven't you noticed how others seem to be more expressive? It's very likely because of what they've invested apart from the corporate worship experience. Now, I'm not saying you got to do all of that. Absolutely not. But I know it is an overflow of it. Whew. Are you a believer? That's what this series is all about. Are you a worshiper? Thirdly and finally, this woman is teaching me so much. Are you a witness? Are you a witness? Yeah. Jesus gives you step by step how to lead someone to the Lord. Are you a witness? And I know we've been sheltered in. It's hard to really engage folk, but y'all, we got to get our practice in. We got to get our confidence up. Resurrection season is upon us. What a wonderful opportunity for you to really be a witness. To really engage those who are perhaps have never heard the gospel or if they've heard the gospel and are a believer are looking for a faith community to connect with. Are you a witness? 
can you post a flyer? <laughs> That's a witness. I mean, we post everything else. Let, let me not let me not come out the spirit. Are you a witness? Let me tell you something. My zeal for engaging the lost is being revived because I see the horrors of this world. I see how lives can be literally cut short. And there is a sense of urgency that I want all of us to embrace. So during the season, find you some folk at the well. Meet them right where they are. Let them know that the Lord loves them right where they are, but he loves them too much to leave them right where they are. Are you a believer? Are you a worshiper? Are you a witness? Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word. Thank you for this worship. Thank you for our just our time that we share in fellowship. And Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would touch every heart under the sound of my voice, that you would minister by the power of your Holy Spirit. Father, I pray for any who have heard this message and they've never made a profession of faith. They've never invited the Lord Jesus to come into their life, to forgive them of their sins, to put them in a right relationship with you, Father. I'm asking right now that your spirit would touch them convict them to give you a chance. And then for those of us who have made that decision, Father, help us to be both worshipers and witnesses. Help us, Father God, to, to begin this season to engage those who have never heard the gospel and to do our part to get them to Greater Bethlehem on the first Sunday of April at 1015. Father, we love you and we thank you. In Christ's name, amen. Come on. Hallelujah. Glory. Come on, come on, come on. Name, oh, man, this is good. Hallelujah. Woo. Thank you, Lord.